Good morning, it's just great to be with you and thank you for joining us. We're going to continue this morning in our uh, Ecclesia series and particularly our theme today is Ecclesia prayer and that's based in Acts 12 verse 5 and we'll be looking at a little bit later. You know, when asked by his disciples, teach us how to pray, the disciples around Jesus loved the fact that he had this power in his life and they, could, they looked and, and uh, could see that his prayer life was the link into his power. And they said, teach us how to pray. And Jesus taught them um, a very profound thing. He said and showed them that his kingdom government, uh, his prevailing power, his, the relentless will of um, God was administered in the place of prayer. And this is something that Jesus left with the early disciples and it was carried through to the early church. We'll see that in Acts. Jesus, in what some Bible scholars call the Lord's Prayer, but in teaching them how to pray, he said this. He said, pray this, thy kingdom come, uh, thy or your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In the place of prayer, we administer the kingdom, delegated kingdom government of God, and we see the prevailing power of God. Last week we looked at the prevailing power of the church. So we see God's power, uh, his will released that which is in the realm of heaven, the kingdom of heaven, is released on earth. The kingdom come on earth as well. Interestingly, that Jesus referred, when he was in the temple on an occasion in the Gospels, the Gospel writers speak about Jesus turning the tables upside down of the money changers and, and driving the money changers out of the temple. And he, he, he said this, in, in, on one occasion, the zeal for his father consumed him and he said this, my uh, house, he was quoting from the uh, Old Testament, my house, he says, will be called a house of prayer for the nations. That's recorded in Mark chapter 11, verse 17. There's this idea that God's house is a place of prayer, the kingdom power of God. Now, interestingly, you know, some 20, 30 years later, Paul taught some Corinthian believers, a church in Corinth, and he said this about the temple. He said, um, in teaching the, the, the church in Corinth, he said this, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that the God's spirit lives in you? Linking that with Jesus talking about God's house, the temple, being a house of prayer. Then Paul talks to you and I and, and the believers of the day and points down to the centuries to you and I as Christians today that you and I, we are God's temple. Now when you link that into this understanding that, that Jesus said my house, God's temple, God's living temple is a place of prayer for the nations. That's where the prevailing power of God is released into the earth and through our lives. You know, we've been looking at this idea of the ecclesia, the, ch the word church is ecclesia, and the ecclesia is the people gathered, called out of the world, Christians, born again, born from above, born by the Holy Spirit, and gathered together. The ecclesia were the group of people that were called out of the city, a group to govern that city. And Jesus talks about my ecclesia, he takes that word and says, those that are called out in him, born again, that we're gathered together. And when we come together, this is an, a, a profound teaching that we're in that place of delegated authority where we can release kingdom government. And so our coming together as, as, a, as an ecclesia and, and in person and, and, and gathering together and being online together, there's this understanding that we release the government the delegated authority of heaven 
here on earth. That's profound. That's powerful. As I've been saying, it's, it's more than a group. It's a supernatural gathering and grouping together. So the place of prayer is the place of power and the prevailing power of God is released. You know, maybe you're, we're feeling locked down and in the air there's potential uh, more stringent measures that could be potentially coming our way. Prayer is the key to unlock closed doors. It, it's, that's not just a little ditty, that's not just a buzzword, but the place of prayer is the key. And Paul had this and knew, understood this when he wrote his prison letters, that the place of prayer is the key to unlock closed doors. And so my advice would be, get some people uh, around you, no more than six, as, as it may perhaps if you're at home, but, but in, agree with some others online, agree with some others to pray with you. The place of agreement together in Christ is incredibly powerful. And if you're struggling at work or in life or whatever it is right now, let's, let's pray together. Let's pray for one another. Let's pray for our community. Let's release the prevailing power of God in and through our hearts and lives. You know, the place of prayer is the place of inspiration and impartation. Inspiration, God reveals his way. He inspires, reveals to us. But impartation, God releases his power in us, amongst us, and through us, and in our area. It's an incredible opportunity uh, and to be perhaps rediscovered and laid hold of afresh and again and again and again. And that's what we're going to be looking at this morning. Jesus taught the early church this. They caught this. They didn't just understand it. They caught it. They got hold of it. It's little wonder that the church was birthed with 120 people gathering together and the Holy Spirit coming upon them on the day of Pentecost. And there's this uh, little wonder, little wonder. Jesus teaches the power of gathered prayer. So let's come and look this morning at um, Acts 12. And in Acts 12, we, we, we read this, and we're going to just focus on, on one particular verse, and uh, I'll refer to the story for a moment or two. But it's the one verse, it's found in Acts 12, verse 5, and it says, So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. Peter was kept in prison. Herod had made sure he was locked up, and it says that the church, the ecclesia, across the city was praying for him. They reckon at that time there'd be over 5,000 believers in Jerusalem. And they were probably praying in homes, and some homes could take 60 to 70 people, some large, well-to-do homes. And uh, so this idea of the ecclesia, the gathering, people were gathering together uh, to pray for him. Uh, it, with a bit of uh, background to that story, James was had been executed a man called Herod was king the Romans had made him king over a large part of uh, what might be called Palestine at that time and perhaps to um, ingratiate himself with the his fellow Jews that he'd executed James one of the leading founders of the Jerusalem church which was a large church this were grave times shaking times a, a whirlwind would come upon that new church and it looked as if it was trying to be extinguished, the fire of that church be extinguished. And so Herod had executed James and now uh, he, he had imprisoned Peter. And so the early church in Jerusalem was looking to be snuffed out at, that, at its very early days. And, but it says that the, the, the ecclesia were earnestly 
praying for Peter. They were praying for Peter and they were calling upon God. That word earnestly in the Amplified is translated fervent prayer, persistently made. And um, in the message, it's the church prayed for him most strenuously. So there's this idea of earnest, persistent, strenuous prayers were being made for Peter to God. So there's a few things I just want to highlight as we draw into a close in a moment or two. Number one, it's this. They were fervent. There was fervent prayer going on. No, God loves passion, persistence, hunger, heart. There is this real, there's this real understanding of passion and persistence, heart, hunger. There's a fervency, earnestly, it says, strenuously praying to God. The word fervent finds its root in the word flame to boil, to get hot, to boil over, to glow. And uh, there's this idea of, of heart and passion and strenuous desire, not just a one-off prayer, you know, thinking of the day, but a desire to be consistently coming before God. Um, C.H. Spurgeon said this, groanings which cannot be uttered are often prayers which cannot be refused. God hears the wide open heart. You know, let's not accept the new normal. I would say that the potential, we've got to accept the new normal in the sense of risk and, and uh, PPE, absolutely right. But in the sense of how it can be almost subnormal, spiritually speaking, there's a danger. You know, we, we've got to lay hold of a kingdom normal and we do that through the power of prayer, the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said you're either hot or cold in Revelation. Let's be hot. Let's stir our hearts as we come before God. The second thing that we see is that they were faithful as they come and unlock those closed doors through the prevailing power of prayer. There's a faithfulness. Uh, there's this idea of earnest persistence. The translation in the Amplified says they were earnestly, consistently and persistently trusting in him, trusting in God. You know, seeing him, that's Jesus, the Father, the Holy Spirit, seeing him will fuel your heart and my heart. When I see the storm, when I look at others, when I see the circumstance, the situation, you hear about the job, you hear about this, it can really deaden and dampen the heart. But if we see him, that's Jesus, he'll fuel the heart. And this is exactly what they did. Together, they looked at him again and again and again and again and again. There's this earnestness, faithfulness. Corrie ten Boom said this, faith sees the invisible, believes the unbelievable, and receives the impossible. She came through the concentration camp uh, during the Second World War, one of the only members of her family to survive and come through. She's got something to say about earnestly seeing him. She fueled her heart on the power of God and the hope of God and his beautiful face. And so too for you and I is to come again and again. Thirdly, we see this, that they were fervent, they were faithful, they were focused. The early church, they came together, they were focused. Um, it says that they were praying for him, praying for Peter. Uh, they were zoomed in on Peter, what was needed, that person, his life, his heart, at that moment, at that time, his needs. Hand on him, your hand on him, God. Not only that, they were asking God. They were coming to God. You know, they could have said, let's, you know, deal with Herod, stop this and take him from that and deliver. But they said, oh God, 
Oh God, will you step in? Oh God, will only you are the one who can unlock this door. There's a focus. You know, we live in a very distracted age. There's so much that takes my attention and your attention. Good, as well as maybe things that worry us or might not do us good that could be bad. Great hymn. There are some great hymns out there. And uh, this is one, Be Thou My Vision. It goes like this. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Naught be all else to me, save that thou art. Just who you are. I only want to see you, in other words. Um, Thou my best thought, by day or by night, waking or sleeping, thy presence my light. Be my vision, focused. That's a great line, that great verse from that amazing hymn. Let's not be distracted. Let's get back and be focused and focused on him. Draw some people around you so that you can focus and see him and feel your heart. And finally, they were family. And with this, we're coming to an end. They were family. You know, the word, they came together. Family comes together. We are in the family of God. We are the, the church's family, the ecclesia. It's together. Remember, they're called out of this world, gathered together, physically, as well as spiritually, as well as online. Uh, I know there's some challenges about that, gathering physically, um, but uh, they, they gathered. They're, they're family, and this is what it means to gather. Uh, they were called out together in his name. There is a divine dynamic there's a danger that uh, we can miss the divine dynamics more than just getting together with some friends, which, which we are friends, and you've heard me, we've talked about that, and, uh, and being sociable and friendly and mixing with, with others who believe in God. That's, that's all true, it's wonderful, but there's a, there's a powerful dynamic in being ecclesia, individually in our homes and lives, called out of this world, but then when we gather together, and this is the dynamic, we, we experience the power of God and the presence of God. The outcome of their prayers is this, as they came together to pray together, to be one together and uh, to, to come together, that prison doors were opened, they were flung open. Talk about that for a lockdown. Peter passed by the guards. I don't know how that happened, but that's what exactly what happened. If you read the book, The Heavenly Man in China, that's exactly what happened to that man. Uh, it's a modern day experience of this same sort of situation. But they passed by the gods. The power of God. God, does, God is supernatural. He's not based in the new normal. He's supernormal. He's supernatural. The God of all the earth and the ages yet to come. And so we experience the power of God, but also the presence of God. It says that an angel appeared to him, Peter, and appeared to them at that time. And so there's this sense that... Um, the, the, the ecclesia, the, the, the coming out of and gathering to, to do the governmental kingdom business of God, that's what happens when we come together. That is a dynamic that, that, that there's a danger that we could miss when we're, we're not able to come together, when we're not able to do that. So let's be aware of uh, the new norm and the, the potential that that could spiritually lead us by stealth into a subnormal spiritual experience of God. And uh, our desire is that we might live for him, love him, live for him, and be released in his power. So uh, thank you for listening this morning. I pray that you'll be encouraged, and let's pray together. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are indeed the living God. That you so love this world that you send your one and only Son, the very best of heaven, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. We so desire that your kingdom, grace, mercy, love, power be released on earth as it is in heaven. And may you do that through us, amongst us, in us. And particularly maybe as we join right now and we're maybe online and we're at this moment in, in real time gathered together, would you do something fresh in our hearts and through our lives and in the areas that we represent and in our town and in this, the, the, the areas that we're, the, we live in right now in and through the power of your ecclesia. And Lord, we pray for the opportunity to be able to gather in your heart and in your name. In Jesus we ask. Amen.